Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, The Net Talks Press. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Own the Microphone, and I am, am, am just beyond excited. I'm so excited until I can't even get the words out. Today, I have with me Dr. Jim Smith, Jr. He is the president and CEO of Jim Smith, Jr. International. He passionately works with organizations and individuals providing high-performance solutions in the areas of leadership, authenticity, diversity, inclusion, presentation skills, and personal power. The author, speaker, educator, and coach has provided his gym pact nationally and internationally and has worked with leaders, managers, and individual contributors. He has also authored three books with his latest book, The No Excuse Guide to Success, being nominated for an NAACP Image Award. How you like that? Dr. Jim, it's great to have you here. It is phenomenal to be here. What a blessing to share some space and time with you, Bridget. You're such a rock star. I, I, I'm the one. Oh, my goodness. I am the one who is so, so lucky today. Now, Dr. Jim, you done, dare we say, hundreds or thousands of presentations yeah. And when you think back to your first presentation versus your last one that you did, what's the difference? What makes you successful? How did you go <laughs> from the first one to where you are now, gym-packing folks? I'll give you a, a quick synopsis. The first difference is 27 OKs. Now, you might say, what's 27 OKs? Yeah. My first formal presentation skills class presentation was a five-minute one. And after my presentation was over, I asked for feedback, and the facilitator said, that was okay. So what do you mean it was okay? I was putting a check mark down every time you said the word okay. So in five minutes, you said the word okay 27 times. What? So that was back in the, uh, the 80s. Now, yes, my, my latest, I would say I have eliminated all filler words. Oh, okay, all right, right, like. And the number one filler word today is so. Everyone starts their sentence off with so. And they I'm end them. No to the so. <laughs> <laughs> they know to the so. But, but, Jim, they end them with so, too. Have you seen that? Yes. Or have you heard it? All of a sudden, they'll yes. say something, so, and I'm, I'm waiting for the rest of the sentence. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Other differences between then and now? Yeah. I used to present to impress, not express. I used to provide a lot of data, a lot of information. I think you could call it show up to throw up. Now I show up to engage, to transform, to move, to connect, to teach, to educate, but to create an experience where you walk away saying, I'm going to do something. I want more. And I realize it's up to me. So there's been a huge shift from showing up, standing, and pontificating 
to now creating educational experiences for the folks that I spend time with. Now, there are going to be students out there who say, geez, Louise, I, I have those filler words. I would probably have more than 27 OKs in five <laughs> minutes. How do I get to the point where I'm not presenting to impress and I am presenting, I'm in a way where people are walking away, feeling like they have takeaways. What's your recommendation to get from there to here? Again, it's a mindset. I would say back in, I believe it was the mid-80s when Bill Gates said, content is king. Content is king. Well, we're in 2020, and content is free. You can get it on the Internet. You can Google it. You can go to YouTube University. It's out there. Engagement is king. Connectivity is king. Experience is king. If those things are on your mind, where I'm there to engage, transform, move, I have a gift, I'm going to be very passionate about what I'm sharing because I know the word passion is spelled P-A-S-S-I-O-N, which means pass I on, pass I on. I'm combining that. If I'm passing myself on, I'm not considering so's and likes and okay's and ums. I'm passing I on. What I have to give is coming your way. Get ready. Buckle up. Look out. What? (laughs) So, no, no. What is the new so for ending sentence? (laughs) Look out. What? <laughs> oh, man. It used to be just saying, just saying. <laughs> right, right. It, it's, a, it's a mindset. If your mindset is around giving of yourself and your presentation is a story and there are myriad stories within the story, you're not worrying about every sentence, every phrase, giving all this data, sometimes less is more. It's a mindset, Bridget. It's a mindset. You're, you, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Now, what kind of mindset do you have to have? Start your presentation that's going to get the audience immediately tuned into you because their minds are on email, phone calls, webinars, whatever else they have going on, family, uh, find school for their greater. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you get their minds off of everything else percent on you? How do you get their attention? First of all, when I do sessions, at least when I was doing them live, I would never tell people to turn their technology off or to put their phones away. I believe if I'm bringing value, they're going to lose sight of all that stuff. The only reason they turn it on and focus on you're not bringing value. Your lips are moving, but nothing else. And I believe that facts fade, stories stick. There's the story for every point and a point for every story. I present in stories. I want you to, here's my model. It's the word fish, F-I-S-H. The I in that word stands for I, the listener, I, the audience member, 
I, the learner, I need to F, feel what you're saying, S, see what you're saying, and H, hear what you're saying. Now, feel what I'm saying is the passion, it's the energy. It's not just the eye contact, it's the eye communication. What am I communicating with my eyes? Not just staring at you. Do you feel me? S is anecdotal, is metaphorical. Bridget, I'm sure you've heard someone at some point say, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? saying?" (laughs) If we're illustrative, if we're metaphorical, we can get people to see what we're saying because I'm sure you have seen myriad stand-up comedians but you've probably seen no more than one who used PowerPoint during the presentation. They get you for two hours. Their visual aids are a microphone and a stool. For two hours, you see everything they say. I got an ice cream cone. I got an ice cream cone because you don't have none because your mom on welfare and your father don't have no job. Eddie Murphy in the 80s, he had nothing in his hand. But we saw that ice cream cone and that <laughs> outfit. That was in the 80s. But we saw what he was saying. And the H doesn't stand for volume and hearing. I've been in conversations with a lot of women, including my mom, and they've hit this chord. Oh, you don't hear me. You don't hear me. And it's not volume. It's the deeper level of understanding. And if we are presenting for people to feel what we're saying, see what we're saying, and embrace and hear what we're saying, there's no ums, there's no okays, there's no likes. People get it, and they want more. The greatest storyteller that ever lived was Jesus. And he could have done some things to the people who were going after him. Rather than pick up his hand, rather than pick up a sword, rather than pick up a tool, he picked up a story, sat down, and said, "Let let me tell you something. Stories are powerful. And if we can learn to weave stories into our content, even when we're doing slides, because there's a story in every slide, many of us are just focused on the content. Well, content is free. Focus on the story within the slide, the story within the overarching topic. Look, think, feel, and metaphor illustrations It'll help bring your presentations to life. It works for me. Bridget, I start every presentation, whether it's a keynote that's 60, 92 hours, a training workshop, a virtual workshop, a virtual meeting, a Zoom. Every time I start, it's with a story. Mm, 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 mm. Everybody, did you hear that one? Facts fade, stories stick. And if you make the noise about the audience, you them visualizing themselves in their novel. You have them thinking about their own circumstances. You don't have to start your presentation with housekeeping. Make sure you put your phones on silent, so on and so forth. If you captivate them from the start, you don't have to worry about them getting on devices. I used to do faculty development workshops around the country, Jim. And I would visit colleges and universities, right? And I would tell people, I teach professors how to teach, and I'd shut and I, I once had a professor tell me, come on, Bridget, what, what you going to tell me? I have food in my refrigerator older than you. But I would tell him, 
But I would tell them, listen, the number one way to get your students engaged, to get them focused, because they wanted me to do classroom management workshops. And and all they turned into, Dr. Jim, was effective teaching strategies workshops. Because the point was, if you draw them in well enough, not just about the content, but what the content means beyond just the black and white in the textbook. But if you draw them in and use elsewhere, where they can impact the world with this, how does this relate to them personally? If all this in enough, they're not about the very Palm Pilot, iPhone, whatever in their backpacks, because they're too interested in what you have to share. So you you touched me with that one. <laughs> We have to use the pronoun you more often when we're presenting. You wake up. You're exhausted. You have a big presentation to make, but you did not prep the night before. You and your spouse had a big argument. Your boss is going to be in the audience. You don't know what to do. I just put them in that story. I made it about them by just using the word you. It's simple. Yes. At the start of your presentation, use you at least four times. And I love how you start with a story before you tell anybody because you're letting them know it is far more about Y-O-U than it is about me. Here's a secret, Bridge. Here's a secret. Don't tell anybody, even though I know people are listening. (laughs) I've been presenting professionally since 1983. It's 2020. I still get nervous before every presentation. And the way I calm my nerves is to tell a story. Why? I've already lived it. I've already been there. I don't have to memorize. I don't have to fact check. All I have to do is go back and bring it current. And by the time I'm a third of the way through the story, nerves are cool. I'm on it. I'm on it. I begin with a story for my nerves, but I also begin with a story to create action right away rather than logistics, telling people where to go pee, telling people to turn their phones off. <laughs> if somebody had to go to the bathroom, you don't have to tell them where to go. They're going to find it. <laughs> So your opener, which is supposed to be motivating and intriguing and compelling and and get people really fired up, you begin by saying, two breaks, bathroom down the hall, lunch is at one. Really? You have just sent them to their smartphones. They've tuned you out, and it's your fault. Yeah. The the first minutes and the last minutes of your presentation are hot commodities. Precious real estate. Yes. You do. Why are you wasting that time? Your first seconds on the microphone. You should not waste it on something like logistics. Something about where, where's the latrine? I, you, don't do that to yourself, and more importantly, don't do it to your audience. This is not to say they won't remember everything in the middle of your presentation, but if you wow them in those first minutes you wow them at the end weeks later months years later maybe even decades later they may not remember your name what you had on what that topic was but they will remember electricity the 
sheep. She, the fire that you started presentation, and when you get that presentation, don't waste that time. Mm. Don't you do it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> give this commercial I used to hear on the radio in Houston. It was about car insurance. Don't don't do it. You paid too much. Don't you do it. You paid too much in practice, time, expertise. You paid too much to get up there and waste that opportunity to not wow the crowd. <laughs> we're, we're wasting our brilliance. We're wasting our wit. We're wasting our pithiness, our creativity, because we're going through the motions, not realizing that people's attention spans today are a lot shorter, a lot shorter. I had a colleague once tell me that you should take the age of your audience and divide it in half, slice it in half, and that's mm-hmm. about how long you should speak. So if the average age of your audience mm-hmm. is 30 years old, you that's should good. speak for no more than about 15 minutes that's before good. you're doing something. You have an activity, you have an engaging question, you have a story, you have a pivot before you have something mm-hmm. that gives them a shift so that you're mm-hmm. keeping their attention. But I'm telling you, she told me that little factoid or that little formula Years ago, I'm sure you probably need to divide it by four. (laughs) (laughs) Cut it in half again. (laughs) I'm telling you, get yourself closer to six, seven, eight minutes of talking before you change it up. And know why that's applicable? That's applicable because if you were born and raised here in the United States and you watch TV, every eight minutes, there was a commercial. So we were socialized to focus for eight minutes at a time before there was a commercial. Now, with all this technology and, and no commercials and DVR and Netflix, and that, that eight minutes is probably around four. Four. And for younger folks, it's probably around two. So after two minutes of you talking, their bodies suggest I'm with you. But if you ask them a question, their brain's in Aruba, their brain's in Bali, their brain is not with you right now, and your jaws are still flapping. Yep. Yep. You have to be in tune to today's learner, adult learning, and what's happening in our society that's shrinking the brain or the attention span. Oh, yeah. Now, Dr. Jim, with the nearly... 40 years of professional speaking experience. At some point, you may have consciously sat down and said, okay, how do I do this? How do I make sure that my message is sticking? But now it just comes second nature. Give us, yes, give us, give us a crash course (laughs) on how do you make sure your message resonates? I teach in and speak in. 20-minute chunks, because based on the research that I did years ago, adults can listen with attention for 90 minutes at a time. So we're doing a workshop. We started at 8, 9.30. We're taking a break. But adults can listen with retention for 20 minutes at a time. So if we're doing a full-day workshop and the first segment is 90 minutes, there should be at least four 20-minute chunks within that. Now, with regard to my chunks, I look at a triangle. 
and I put the letter M at each point of the triangle. The first M stands for material, the content, the PowerPoint, the lecture, the discussion. The second M stands for marinate. Let them absorb, process, discuss, engage. Then the third M stands for memory, Q&A, check it out, report back. If I am teaching and speaking in 20-minute chunks, here's your material, here's your marinade, process, take it in. What do you remember? What do you know? How are you going to use it? That's the material. And sometimes you can begin with the marinade. Based on your years of experience, what are some of your tried, true tools for engaging adults? Processing, taking it in, thinking. Now go down to material. Well, here are my tips that you can incorporate. Go over to the memory. What tip are you going to use right away and why? Constantly speaking to head, heart, elevator, up and down. Here's data. Take it in. And here, check in, see what you remember. I'm sitting here looking like a bobblehead doll. Am I, am I singing to the choir? Am I singing to the choir? I was about to, it's the amen corner over here. I'm telling you, use that cycle that Dr. Jim gave you. Speak in 20-minute chunks max. And in the course of those 20 minutes, do those three M's. Your audience cannot help to get a message that resonates, that has utility, that... It has them feeling like their time was well spent with you. Yeah. Use those three M's, 20-minute chunk. I mean, psh, presenting's easy now. <laughs> you, you laid it out, done. Who needs a 100-page public speaking textbook when you, we've got Dr. Jim here? <laughs> Bridget, Bridget <laughs> have, have you ever gone to the movies and liked it so much you went to go see the picture again, and as you were watching it, you saw stuff you didn't see the first time. Yes. It's a movie, but you checked out because your brain doesn't absorb all that at one time. How about talking to someone? And they're doing all the talking. You're listening. Next thing you know it, you're looking at their eyebrows and their nose and their teeth, and you can't hear a word they're saying because you, <laughs> you don't hear anything because your mind shifted. Have you ever read a, a page in a book and you read it, and then you turn the page and what did I just read? Our mind is constantly, as a presenter, as a speaker, we have to get the mind to slow down. And you do that by giving it something to do. If you let it stay idle, it's going all around the world and back. And we let it stay idle by doing all the talking. Even when you're keynoting, Every two to three minutes, it should be something to the audience where they can respond to you, right? Right? Yes, yes, I'm sitting here. Yes, 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 absolutely. You want them, listen, if you want to be interested, then you must be interesting. Mm. If you want them to be engaged with what, then you must be engaging and create those opportunities for the interest to grow, for the engagement to come about. You create those moments for them. And it cannot be it cannot be speaker-centric. It has to be all-centric. 
even said in keynotes, even in the virtual keynotes. Yes, yes. Have the chat. Have them raise their hands. Have them do something. Have them go look for three left shoes in the house. I don't know. Do something. You may want to write this one down. Now, circle the one you're going to use right away. That was all done for retention? Yes. At any point? Yes. Let me share this with you. I want you to tell me, what do you think I did? We're at the ATD Conference, Association for Talent Development. I'm doing my 75-minute concurrent session. I plan every second to the It's tight and right. I am blowing them away. I'm bringing it home. I have five minutes to go. I'm bringing it home. And I move into my final story. But before I go into my story, I saw a participant raise her hand. And I know that if you call on somebody at the end, your outcome might not be what you want it to be. She keeps her hand up. She keeps it up. Matter of fact, Bridget, she stands up. So I have an option. Finish with my compelling, life-changing call-to-action story. Or allow this person who has something on her head and heart to share. Knowing that this will be my closer right here. What do you think I did? I think you let her speak because it's more about the audience. It's more about, it's more about the listeners than it is about you. you and, and I know, I know that feeling. I know I, I'm, your heart gets tight. <laughs> your throat gets dry. Because you, like you said, you've planned it down. It's tight and right. You've planned it down to second exactly how you're going to give them that emotion with that story. You know you're going to set them on fire. And, and I know that feeling where you're, you're just <laughs> the dread. <laughs> and like you said, this is your closer. Yeah. This is your closer. So tell us what you did and how you how you did end up wrapping it up. She became my closer. Yes. You God, it was a vulnerable, compelling sharing of what her life will be like going forward. And she thanked me so much for the lesson throughout the time we spent and for giving her an opportunity to close. Yeah. Now, Bridget, Borrowing from what you just said, my abbreviated close was, remember, folks, in life, sometimes it's not about you. It's so not about you. I planned 75 minutes worth of content with one of my top stories. But someone else had a story. Come on out. Finish it off. Now, that was years ago. I bet you that person still remembers that because she had an opportunity to stand up, be vulnerable, and get naked. Go for it. And she did. And the lesson for me was get out of your own way. Sometimes what you're going through is not for you, for somebody else. Create opportunities for people to share, to give, to purge, 
That's what it's there for, right? It's not just about you. You have the data, but if someone wants to take it and run with it and tell you how, move out of their way. And that, that I, I remember that like it was yesterday. Because like you said, <laughs> throat getting tight. I was thinking, oh, you might mess this up. The last thing I'm going to remember is I let the class get away. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, thank you, God. It worked out. <laughs> right. Plan. But <laughs> Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, we've been there. We've been there. What else? What else do we need to know? What else do we need to know to own the microphone? Here here is my take on storytelling. Because a lot of us have a lot of stories. But what we tend to do is just tell the story. We don't become the story. My model was called R-squared. The first R stands for retell. The second R stands for relive. We get great marks when retelling. We fail the class when it comes to reliving. Because if you are reliving, you are doing what you did in that moment 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. You're reliving. It's animated. It's, it's, it's humorous. Your body, your words, your eyes. If you are happy, you're going to be happy. If you are sad, you're going to get into that place right in front. And you will know if you're reliving because you'll see your audience members move rather than just listening. They're on every word. And when you are truly reliving, you know what you don't say? He said, she said, then I said, then he said. What you do is, Bridge, I, I, I hear you're writing a new book, and you're looking for additional authors, I'd like to contribute. Well, Jim, listen, I know you're a busy schedule, and if you're going to be all in, I need you to make all the deadlines. Bridge, you know I'm going to make the deadlines. (laughs) If I'm falling behind, I'm going to give you a call. Please trust me. A lot of authors who say, trust me, and they all don't come (laughs) through, but we have a good history. I'm my faith in you. Thank you, sis. You're the best. I always know I can count on you. I I never have a doubt. I never have a doubt. Not only count on you, but count on you to show up and show out with on a microphone, on a sheet of paper. I, you just rock it. You crush it. Consist. I want to be like you when I grow up. Stop. Period. Stop. Stop. Period. Well, here's the last bit of advice I'll give to. Listeners, I love the book, The Road Less Travel. It's a path that people don't take. The road that's very traveled. I mean, there's so much traffic. is when people say, I want to go to the next level. Really? You win a gajillion people. But no one's saying, I want to go beyond the next level. I want to take it up levels, plural. When you want to become a phenomenal speaker, trainer, presenter, storyteller, look beyond the next level. That means doing what most people won't and what others don't. That means getting naked, being vulnerable, being authentic. That means not worrying about what other people say because their opinion is just that. Their opinion is not your reality. It's going 
up and beyond. And like Bridget saying, show up and show out. And I was about to say what, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) You can say what. I'm going to say it for you. What? (laughs) Dr. Jim, always, always, always a privilege and a pleasure and an honor to talk with you. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts your insight and your passion, mm-hmm. passing your eye on to us. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you Love so you. much. You. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll catch you next time on the next episode of Own the Microphone.